Knoxville. Talking about Knoxville. Living in Knoxville. I love Knoxville. Knoxville. Yes. Welcome to Knoxin' on Knoxville's Door, a podcast where two Knoxville boys talk about all things Knoxville and East Tennessee and share a few laughs. My name is Trey Townsend. I'm Grant Howard, and we're coming to you live from the very tip and top of the Sun Sphere. The tip of the top. The tip of the top. On today's episode, we're going to have movie guy will meyer from wbir hey i met that guy i've seen that guy yeah he's gonna come on and talk about the knoxville film scene and some movie stuff and should be a good time absolutely um i wanted to talk about a couple things about um after i burp a little bit trey is once again sipping on a wild cherry pepsi Ooh, this is, I don't know what I'm this thinking. This is the same one from two months ago when we recorded prior. Why do I keep getting Wild Cherry Pepsis? I don't know. That's the same one. You didn't get another I'm one. Tr- I know. I put it I put it in the freezer, so, you know, yep. it saves Which also cost us another $1,500. This is ridiculous. It's I'm crazy. starting to question. We're, we're renting freezer space. Yeah, it's the liquor cabinet space, the head space, the intern space beneath the floor, and now the freezer space. Our bill is up to, what, is like $230,000? It's ridiculous. But it's and worth it's worth it's worth it. That's biannually, which they cut us a solid deal. Yeah. They said biannually or annually. I mean, and it's we the said sun twice, sphere. Obviously. What's it's more Knoxville than the sun sphere? What's uh, what's more Knoxville than the sun sphere? Wait, is this a question? What's more Knoxville than the uh, sun sphere? Uh, Tell me what's more Knoxville than the uh, sun sphere? Uh, orange. You're right. Oh, oh. gosh. Good the, answer. Good answer. Is it hot in here? It is because we're at the tip of the top of the sun sphere. So I want to talk a little bit about um the name of our podcast yes sir the, our theme song oh our theme song that's a good one so people ask like what like punk rock band did who, you get who are these artists who well this sounds great like, well it's not the violent dildos it's trey it's me it's all trey it's me on guitar via the keyboard on drums <laughs> via the keyboard <laughs> no, no the drums are on via a rock band a rock band? No, it's a drum? real. It's not a rock band drum that, kit. That's a real drum kit. Yes, it's a real drum oh. kit. I guess the big pearl bass at the bottom should have given that away. <laughs> the drums are basically real. Yeah, vocals are real as hell. Super real. Can I just say, Trey? One take, Trey struck again. Absolutely nailed it on that. Really? Trey said, this Honestly, is what I did. the drums, one take. One take, Trey. Absolutely nailed it. Came in with the vocals. He said, "Great, I don't know what you want to do." And I was like, what I've always, what I always do, Trey, I'm going to hide in your shadow and just come in with a mellow backup vocal. Yeah, so if you turn it up really loud and like really listen, you, you, can, like, you can maybe I, hear Grant I, like whimpering I, I, in the background. I, I, <laughs> I'm like trying to channel like a little bit of blues, but then like the really shy kid at a concert who's like not, right next to the amp so no one can hear him singing. Yeah, I think I want to add another goal for our the podcast. Um, another goal is I want to... Become a singer in a rock band from this. Are you going to play all the instruments like you do now? No, because I can't actually play anything live, really. So I just want to sing. <laughs> I can maybe play. You know how, like, uh, this is kind of a Fred Armisen bit from his thing, but you know how, like, lead singers, they can't really play drums, but they like to hit the drums? Yes. I want to do that. So you want to be like Imagine Dragons? Yes, just like just like that. The you just great want like a rock big, band, a imagine big dragons. fucking drum, just to slam on with one stick, right? Like one padded stick. So and then you throw it to the crowd. Oh, that would be so cool. 
can you imagine how cool it would be to launch a stick into a crowd and act like, like or I even better um uh, maraca, maraca. Who, who's done that before i want to do that <laughs> we should just if we were doing a live podcast like on prime rib square yep gotta throw a maraca in the one crowd. maraca and another thing so we wanted to come up with we wanted to make sure people knew our podcast was about Knoxville. That's right. Which is why we want to include at least Knox in the title. So we settled finally on Knox and on Knoxville's door. But there were some great contenders for this title spot. Let's be real here. I'm trying to remember. I should get I have a list somewhere of all the titles. Let me go get it. Hold on. You you talk and I'll go run and get it. Alright. I gotta run downstairs to the primo. Alright, so Trey's taking he's going down there to Primo. And, uh, wow, you know, it's kind of hot in here. It's, I don't really want to tell Trey this, you know, because he's like, we got to do it with the sun sphere. What's more Knoxville than this? And I just, before he comes back, I just got to get something off my chest. I'm doing this for him. Oh, oh, hey, bud. Hey, hey, I found it. Found it. Hey, welcome back, buddy. So, I need some water. I sat down and came up with all the great Knoxville puns. Yes, sir. Let's hear these. Um, <laughs> if it's the one that's just like the disease one, don't say that one first because that needs to come up a bit later. I don't. I don't even remember. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so here's an example like this one. Oh, I had an idea that we did a Christmas episode okay. called Knoxin' Around the Knoxville Tree. Which, that's definitely going to happen, because <laughs> that is related to an awesome story. Okay. Uh, Knox Out. <laughs> Which is incredibly That's lame. for so- Socks Out, right? <laughs> Even lamer, uh, Knox and Roll, with <laughs> the alternate title, Knox and Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> In this, <laughs> in this one, at one at one point, I really wanted to name the podcast this because I really hated it, and I wanted to just like have a joke about how much I hated it. Okay, Knox knowledge. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Because so they both have the key in. Oh, uh, knocks me out. That's I would have gone with that one. Oh, already we had knocks out, knocks me out, uh, knocked up, knocked up. Kind of, I don't know. Yeah, that one's all right. Knox Knox, who's there? <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, My favorite. I kind of wanted it. We, uh, we considered this. We really did. Uh, chicken Knox. Chicken Knox. <laughs> now, like Trey, when you actually told me that, people. I had no idea what that pun was. Because I was like, what is it? Like, I was trying to think what it was. I was like, it's not a chicken. What's a chicken rock? And he was like, yeah, like chicken pox. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think... We came up with a. Cu- I came up with a. You couple. came up with. Till, so you came up with a variation of our title now, which was Knox, Knox, Knoxon on Knoxville's door, which we love. We, we love like, that's it. it. Knox, Knox, Knoxon, and then I quickly realized that it was three Ks. Knox, <laughs> Knox, Knoxon, and it sounds like a white supremacist podcast. The or the lyric the. The initials for our podcast literally would have been KKKOK, and we were absolutely There's, mortified. There can't. is no way we were doing like, that. It's, it's kind of fishy enough being <laughs> KOK. You know, it's too many Ks. <laughs> it's too many Ks. 
But, you know, we're happy with him. People were getting good responses, you know. The interns love it. They keep lining up. Yeah. We got, we're up to two interns now. It's great. Still got the two. Yeah. Still haven't seen that one. No, we got the money, though. We did or did it money. go through? Did that go through? Did the check? It was in, it was in Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Is that Bitcoin. is that worth anything? Uh, I think at the time it was worth like I think you could get like three of them for a dollar. Mm. So they gave us tw- they gave us ten thousand Bitcoin. And we put it in that that bank in the island on Tennessee. In the, I- the Tennessee yeah, River yeah, island. yeah. That one. So it's, it's the internet. It's, so we're, there's we're no good. there's no taxes. We're good. That's okay. why so I haven't been sweating these like hundred and seventy thousand dollars of mortgage loans that I have now. It's not a problem. Yeah, it's good. Um, I think on today's, you know what, you know what we should play? We should play an episode of Finishing Kenny. What Finishing Kenny? Let's get right into it, Trey. Finishing Kenny, I have lyrics plenty. I am Finishing Kenny. Hey, this is Finishing Kenny. It's a segment where, um, Grant tries to guess, tries to finish a Kenny Chesney lyric. And that's right. And I try and pretend that I know who Kenny Chesney is without mixing it up with an Alan Jackson song. <laughs> really is a shame you don't you don't know the difference between East Tennessee great Kenny Chesney and wherever the hell Alan Jackson is from. Is he also from Tennessee? I have no idea. I think what he's, he well, is? Chattahoochee, so probably Georgia. Way down yonder by the Chattahoochee. Yeah. Okay, so today's song for Finishing Kenny is... From the 1995 album, All I Need to Know. Trey, before you go on, I just got to say something. Yeah. I feel like I kind of take some artistic liberties, and I think, how would I finish it? And this time, Trey, I'm going for it. You're going you're gonna to try to guess the actual lyric. I don't know Kenny Chesney. I don't know the canon of his work. I don't know what genre he is. He's one of the greatest artists of our time. But, yes. Trey, listen to me. Okay. Shut up. I am getting this right today. Okay? That's what I'm saying. I'm in the zone. Yeah, Trey, you can talk now. I can, Go okay, ahead. thanks. Thank you for asking. Okay. This is the song from the 1995 album, All I Need to Know, called Someone Else's Hog. No. Yes. The song is called Someone Else's Hog? Yeah. This is a, a verse. You have to finish the lyric. Um... Okay, I'll just, okay. Well, this redneck boy from a blue-collar town has really moved up since he got tied down. I got a brand new life, and I owe it to my... What? It's gotta be wife, right? Has to be wife, please. I mean, I don't want it to be wife with the song's called Hog, but... Well, this redneck boy from a blue-collar town has really moved up since he got tied down. I got a brand new life, and I owe it to my... I would say wife. He's going for a rhyme scheme there. Surely it's wife. You know, I actually, um... This song's called... What's this song called again? Someone Else's Hog. I hope to God this is not about his wife. <laughs> so I actually went through the trouble of, like, getting the clip to play it, because I think okay. it's right. So we'll, let's listen to it and see if you can hear what he says, and see if you, may, see if you got it right, if it's wife. Well, it's redneck from a blue-collar town. Really moved up since he got tied down. I got a brand new life and I owe it to my daddy in law. <laughs> what? What? He owes it to his daddy in law. He's rich and he owes it to his father in law, his daddy in law. Wow, that's 
awful. Correct answer. Someone else's hog. So the song is about him marrying a uh, a girl with a rich father. Is so sh- she's a hog. Is that what it is? I guess I don't. Did he marry a really unattractive homely woman? I don't just for think her hog is the woman. I think it's like like a boss hog. Hog, I think, is a rep- representation of like wealth in this song. Oh, like a dowry. Yes, or a. Did you say dowry? A dowel. A dowel. A dowel ring. Dowry. Dowel ring. Dowel ring. Yeah. Like a dowel ring. Yes. Dowel. Like a dowel like ring. ring. So it's like this ring, it's and like it's a wood it's cone. made yeah, and it's like got a wood tube. it's got like um it's they take like uh the tusk of a hog. Yes, a wild hog. And that's the stone. That's the stone. Dowel ring. A dowel ring. Yes. So you were wrong. Uh, I gotta say, I'm really disappointed. That a nice rhyme it. structure. I feel like metrically, wife would have worked. Well, you weren't in the mind of whoever wrote that song for Kenny Chesney, because I know he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I was a little surprised how like honky tonk twang Kenny Chesney actually is. Yeah, you because there was more. If you listen to that, uh, like that era of Kenny Chesney, he's like definitely putting on like an accent, like a more. I know it all, my daddy and pa. It's like I, no one sings like that. And I love '90s country, but it's usually more poppy than that. Yeah, I, just... I feel like they've kind of come back to being like redneck. You know, like out smoking with my boys by the bar. Did I just say I owe it all to my daddy and Paul? My daddy and Paul. That would be a very like <laughs> very progressive. That'd be very he progressive. He has a daddy country. and a Paul. That's great. They're gays. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I, be honest. There's a there's a very homoerotic subtext to cowboy culture. I would love Kenny Chesney so much more if it, I found out that. He was raised by two gay men. That would be great. They called Daddy and Pa. That's great. That's kind of endearing, <laughs> isn't it? Really, yeah, it's kind of sweet. Make it happen. And like, he was Kenny Chesney's gonna make it happen. Yeah, he's gonna make himself be raised Just by tell people that two wonderful gay men that he and loves he can be like unconditionally. The, he can be like the Dixie Chicks and come back and now like. All and say the, something that totally just disenfranchises him from his fan base. Yeah, but he gets a whole new fan base. And that's he's true. Like even bigger than he yeah, was before. Absolutely. Huh. <laughs> All right, that's been finishing Kenny. Finishing Kenny, I have lyrics of plenty. I am finishing Kenny. Okay, before we have uh, Mr. Will Meyer, movie guy, come on, we're gonna. I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, movies in general with us you know we can't get into so much with mr meyer so let's give a little background to our relationship with movies and film and like what's what's the what's a movie that you cried at all right i got a great story about one of the first dates i ever had with my now wife is it longer than like three minutes i can make it quick okay so we go to her apartment Mm-hmm. That she is leasing with her ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he, <laughs> he's he's at work because mm-hmm. they work different shifts. Thank God. And uh, they work at the same place. No, they didn't. Okay. Oh, also, thank God. And we're watching Up. Is it a Pixar? It's a Disney movie. Yeah, it has the really sad. It has first. the really sad first scene. But apparently, unlike everyone else who saw that movie, I cried at the end of that movie. What? Where he gets the Ellie badge. 
and the first 15 minutes of the movie are great and didn't then care the rest of it's like didn't whatever. care old people die all the time <laughs> in terrible squalor and horrible living conditions Let's not act like we care just because we saw it in an animated movie. Can we bring it real quick that before we recorded this, just speaking of like old people dying, you were telling me that <laughs> you and your wife had decided that one of you gets like terminal cancer. I said, we're killing ourselves. And I was like, no, that's terrible. You were that's like, Grant, crazy. that's really unhealthy. That's what you I said. thought that you meant that whoever didn't die was going to kill themselves. <laughs> but you meant... That whoever had the terminal cancer was going to get, like... Medical assisted suicide. So they didn't suffer. And I was like, and oh, to which, totally which, different. Well, and to which I noticed that you were confused. And you said, oh, you're going to get medical assisted suicide. And I said, no, I'm doing naturally assisted suicide. I'm going to get eaten by a bear and have it recorded. <laughs> right. So back to the up story. Okay. Yeah. So Julie is one of Julianne's favorite movies. It had been out for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. So she'd seen it a bunch. She had it on DVD. Uh, I'm sorry. We're going to have to stop. It's been over three minutes. I think we're going to have to stop. But oh, thanks but, for the... Yeah, that's cool. okay so i think the last time that i cried in a movie i'm trying to think um hmm was it homeward bound i cry in a i cry at a lot of movies so it's hard to i don't really cry i I, i'm a crier i really are you a happy crier or a sad crier uh the happy one because I'm a happy crier. The happy sure. ones get me, but I mean, I really empathize. Like the empathy is really hard, and when like it's a really like emotionally stressful situation, I just like can't hold it back. See, not me. I remember I cried watching the uh, Malala documentary. What's I don't know that one. Uh, you know, I'm talking Malala Yusuf, the like Pe- Nobel Peace Prize, oh, Afghanistani girl. Yeah, the, 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 the young woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's a documentary. The documentary's okay. It's a little like it's not the best documentary but she's great and there's like she has this really cool relationship with her parents and i don't remember what but i just like teared up like over but it was like a happy all right probably the something that i've watched this isn't a film but probably the thing that made me cry most consistently is the new queer eye i cried in every episode oh my god i cried every time not a movie but well I mean, still a work of cinematic No, I was art. like having a friend, like re, like I was rewatching an episode with a friend that they hadn't seen. Yeah. And I knew what was going to happen. And you still cried. And I still was like. What was the hardest one for you? Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I, I know it. I think immediately I know it. Is it the one where the guy comes out to his stepmom? That one's. Oh, that one. Cries oh, so my gosh. That, oh, man. That might actually be number one. That wasn't the first one that came to mind, but that was amazing. But they got one, that. What's number one for you? The one where the. Uh, it was the the young black gentleman. He was living in his grandmother's house. Oh, that one's good. And they like and they did his redid his wardrobe, and he had like his grandfather's hat, you know, and he had like his total flair, and like his family was like, you're, and he was like, they were like, you're the man of the house, now. dude. It killed me. He was crying. Shit. Oh god, <laughs> I'm getting choked up right now just thinking about it. It's so great. You know what I did? I was, you know, we were. I was. I was watching it with a friend. And we were talking about the different mm-hmm. guys on the show, and like. One that is obviously not as likable. There's like one that's obviously not as likable. The tech guy. It's Bobby, right? What? Yeah, is that him? Is that the guy who had the long hair and the beard? No. What? Who? No, you're talking about about the guy. The gay guy. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Bobby. Like he's fine, but he's like not as. Is he the one? He's the interior designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and uh, but I said something kind of embarrassing. Like we were watching, I was like. I tell you what, though, he's one hell of an interior designer. 
So we just, oh which he is. We just kept saying that. Like, he's the one That's what my dad says I when know. he wants to come off as not being like, like, was, homophobic. I was or immediately made fun of. Oh, gosh. So what That's, if, Can I say what my dad said? The infamous quote from my father? Yeah, sure. Okay. Is it have the F word? No. Okay. No, we're not. We've said we're not. Absolutely not. I think I remember. Go ahead. So we're watching Modern Family, and this is like the second episode, and um, has a gay couple in it. Both hilarious, very funny guys. It's mm-hmm. a very funny show, mm-hmm. and it was like pretty. I mean, for being like a main cable show, it was pretty revolutionary back then. Like the table, the tide was turning. We know what Modern Family is. Yeah. Grant. Okay. okay. Go ahead. I was set. It's for the people who don't know. Okay. Um, we're watching it at my sister's house, and it cuts to commercial break, and there was like a hilarious scene between the gay couple, and uh, my dad said. Well, I'll tell you what. I ain't gay, but I sure love them queers. He was trying to be... <laughs> to him, calling them queers was like a very progressive thing, I guess. Well, to his credit, they've reclaimed the word. I mean, it's I know true. he didn't mean it that way. No, I think my dad was trying to mean it that way, but didn't realize how offensive he was still being. And we were like, Dad, you can't say that. So back to movies for a second. So have you had have you ever had like any like weird experience in a movie theater? Oh man, yes, I've had some very odd um, experiences. Um, probably probably my favorite one. This one happens like the most often is when somebody has a really weird laugh. That's my oh, favorite. Yeah. Like I went to this one and this guy had like a really droning, just like monotone, but it was like a really hard chuckle. Like his, I'm gonna redo it. I'm gonna do it for you. Okay. It would so joke would happen. Joke. Everyone would laugh, and then the guy would get it. He go, oh, 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 oh. I'm not making that up. Oh, I just remembered. I was watching uh, the French movie um, Amour about. Oh God! Have you seen? We that? watched that. That movie's. Oh God! Maybe you were with me. Then. I was with you. you that was a depressing this? movie. Yeah. So it's about like. Uh, is it the man or the woman die, is dying? It's the woman. She has uh, dementia. She's dying, and then it? he's She's... taking care of her. Yeah, it's really painful. And the, at one point, watch. she has to do like exercises with a physical therapist, yep. and they're counting in French. Yeah. And there's this old couple sitting. Do you remember this? There's an old couple sitting yes. near us. You must have been with me. Yeah, I was. Julianne? Oh, and, my uh, wife. <laughs> and before, like, they're like counting, like, ooh. And then before. That was great, Trey. Before each like number in French, the man would lean oh, to his wife this. and whisper. He'd be like, D, toi, cat. It was so annoying. That's annoying, but think of how sweet that is to be like. It was not sweet. It was annoying as shit. But think about it. They've been together for 40 years. I think it's like man. It's like a man being like, ooh, I knew French. Oh, so he was mansplaining yes. a French word that was being translated. He's counting in French. Who gives a shit? It's true. Another thing about old people in movies is, you know, when people think of like people on phones in movies, it's oh, always yeah. like young. They think of young people. No, it's old people. Old people are terrible. Do you remember when we went and saw The Descendants with your mother and one of your aunts? Yes, I know exactly. What and you're this guy answered an old guy answered a phone in front of mm-hmm. us, and your aunt said, "The balls on this woman." By the way, this is amazing. I love this story. I'm like one of those guys that watch. Was people. it my aunt? I don't know. I think it was like was a, it your, my mom's friend. Oh, it was your mom's friend. You're right. It wasn't your aunt. It was your mom's friend. And uh, she said very loudly, so the entire theater could hear, "Hey, douchebag, get off your phone!" And that <laughs> was one of the greatest things I have ever seen in real life. I that was, was also awesome. Uh, I was in um, a I almost entirely sold out screening of Lincoln. 
Oh no. <laughs> it was just full of old people. And it the movie just started and it's like, you know, it's not it's a quiet movie, uh-huh. a lot of like just dialogue. Yep. And and the greatest actor of our time, Daniel. This Day-Lewis. phone rings, and you can oh, know it's no. an old person's phone by the ringtone. It's like a flip phone. It's yeah. like, and everyone's like annoyed. They hear people like, oh, like sighing. Oh, gosh. And then this old woman, like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, really? <laughs> like, people were like, really? <laughs> That's when you're just like, stop, just restart it, just, just roll it back. 300 people. Oh, there, God. Like, you know, like, like, what goes through your mind that you're like, yeah, think about it, especially if you like went to one downtown, had to get a parking spot too. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it's terrible. All right. Well,. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to have uh, Will Meyer on to talk about movies. Uh, enjoy the break, and we'll be right back. Stick around. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to Knoxon on Knoxville's Door. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Movie Guy, Will Meyer, Movie guy who's Will joined Meyer. us. Glad you got that right. Yeah, is, uh, is that right? That's not no, right, is no. It? Just a joke. Movie Guy, what is it? Movie Guy, Will Meyer. Movie Guy, Will, Will Meyer, Meyer, the Movie Guy, it's interchangeable. Okay, all right. Is that your official Facebook name? It is my official Facebook name. Okay. They they gave me that name, I didn't ask for it, and I kind of just <laughs> oh, rolled gosh. with it. So yeah. I kind of wonder. I kind of like it, though. I thought it was sort of a joke, and I embraced it, but now it's just... Will Meyer, Will Movie Guy. Meyer. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, coming up to the tip of the sun's for you. Yeah, thanks for having about, me. Talk about uh, Knoxville films and various things, the film scene, movie-going experience, that kind of thing. Uh, first of all, I just want to ask you, um, you are, well, I guess we should say up front that you are, I guess, are you the only movie critic at WBIR? Or for WBIR, yes. There, WBIR also has another station, WTNZ Fox 43, and they have a movie critic, but... Channel 10, WBR, I am the only movie critic. Cool, cool. So what has that been like for you? You go on, you know, once a week, it's Sunday mornings, uh, yes. 7.30? Lately it's been twice a week. Well, okay. just about twice a week. Yeah, Sunday mornings at 7.30 a.m., that's my normal segment. So when all the masses are awake and are just being productive, that's when right. I'm on television. So Prime time. Yes. <laughs> so my normal weekly review segment is then, and then I also do streaming segments uh, during the week or just still have special topics they want me to talk about. So, um, But it's been a blast. Um, it kind of fell into my lap. Actually, you were there sort of at the inception of this. Yeah, I think uh, without me... The movie guy Will Meyer wouldn't exist. Yeah, That's Trey probably got true. Kind of, yeah. Trey got kind of a big head about. <laughs> Actually, this. yeah, you were involved in that. So, um, um, yeah, I've been doing it for three years now, and it's it's a blast getting paid to watch movies. Has it been Doesn't that long? It's been yeah, three it's been years? three years. Oh it's gosh. crazy. Oh man. Um, so what's it like seeing? How many movies do you see a week? I see usually three movies in theaters. Um, it was it used to be four to five, but then it was just it's just too, too much. much. Yeah, and then. They want it all in a fairly short segment, so yeah. Now yeah, I do three. Yeah, sometimes you, I feel like you're talk, You have to talk so fast to get it all in. Yeah, and especially almost every time when I get to the last uh, movie that I'm reviewing, uh, the reporter is is signaling to me like, you know, make this quick, make this oh quick. So I kind of have to just, and I plan everything <laughs> you gotta get out. To those yeah, hard I have to just rush to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so usually my last reviews aren't my best, but um, so usually three per week in theaters, um, and then you know sometimes. 
the summit home, if I'm doing a, you know, Netflix segment or something like that or on demand or just whatever else I want to watch. Do you ever but, get like, does it ever just like exhaust you? Like you're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially during the summer when I have to see just All so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think a couple of years ago it was especially bad when you had just the awful string of movies from Warcraft to that lackluster <laughs> X-Men sequel to Suicide Squad, Independence oh, yeah. Day Resurgence. It was just mind-numbingly See, I dull. I purposely stayed away from all of those. So. I, th- I think about you. I remember you told me once that, uh, that, yeah, you just kind of actively decided not to see superhero movies, and for the most part, I probably would be would be doing that too. But mm-hmm. luckily, especially last year with, with Wonder Woman and oh, Wonder Woman Thor Ragnarok, good. I mean, yeah. they've, they're, they're better. I think they're, most of the Marvel movies are still sort of episodes. They feel like a TV right. show rather than mm-hmm. actual movies. But anyway. Uh, I did see, I, was, I saw Wonder Woman and Black Panther. Yeah. Those are the first couple yeah, I'd seen. Like did you like them both? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would like enjoy watching them again. I'm exactly it's not my type the same of movie, way. but uh, I I had fun. For what they are, they're they're well done, I yeah. think. Uh so I guess you see a lot of movies. Yes, so sir. I just want to ask you, like, what's it um how is the Knoxville movie going experience? What does Knoxville has have to offer from that perspective? Well, one of the things that I am most appreciative of and that I've realized looking at similar size cities is that we are blessed to have an art house which is good mm-hmm. you know i mean with regal having its headquarters here too i mean that's kind of one of the only reasons i think that downtown west the art house theater is here and that makes my job uh much more pleasant because if we didn't have that then i would be seeing exclusively mainstream movies mm-hmm. each week and uh yeah it's i kind of do two for them one for me with the reviews you know each week and so i get to review things like Beast last week, which I would have never seen in a million years if it weren't playing at Downtown West. And I didn't know anything about it, and it was a pleasant surprise. So, um, you know, with the recent acquisition of Regal, I, I worry about the future of art houses right. in, in Knoxville. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting. There are actually a ton of theaters, I feel like, in this city for its size. There I mean, are a lot. Yeah. yeah, 10. And they're maybe opening maybe opening up more? Yeah, and now well, they're... I saw where Central Cinema is opening up. Mm-hmm. Central Cinema is opening. Um, yeah, so a couple independent shops opening up. And then uh, a couple are adapting. Westtown Mall is turning right. into a, a Cinnabar. Oh, that fancy one, that's yeah. right. I was going to ask you about that, actually. Are you uh, excited? What are you? How do you feel about... Have you been to a Cinnabar I before? haven't. No, I've kind of avoided it just because it just seems... And I, I don't know, I, this is me talking about something I don't know about because I haven't mm-hmm. been to one, but just the experience, I'm all about the luxury seating, but just the idea of having someone come they, in and serve they, you food. They bring and, you food while the movie's going yeah. on? That's my understanding. Oh, that's I had a friend that went to one and they said that um, it's awkward because you know, like there's a recliner and there's like a button, so you like recline and you, it kind of makes like a yeah. So like if you have to get up to go pee or something... And you're like you're like right next to somebody. Maybe you don't know. You have to like because yeah. you're like way far back. <laughs> I'm really sensitive to distractions too. Just, and yeah, so me too. Yeah. That's what I, I can. I can imagine like eating a like meal. Some or asshole something. orders soup. Just yeah, and I mean you know if you're watching like, I mean a great movie. Mm-hmm. You know I, I don't think I would have enjoyed. Call me by your name more if I had a steak while I was right. watching it. You know what I mean? Like I, I never. I don't even thought. like to eat candy after a certain. Oh, I hate yeah. it. Or anyway. someone's like a loud chewer with popcorn. Terrible. And watching a movie like A Quiet Place or something, you actually realize like oh for sure how much of a distraction that kind of stuff yeah. can be. So, um, I you know uh, the one in Oak Ridge, um, Tinseltown, Tinseltown, they yeah. actually just replaced all of their seating with luxury recliners and stuff and so and it's actually still under 10 bucks it's like seven eight dollars to go and so i'm I'm eager to check that out um but 
I'm definitely going to check out a Cinnabar just to see what it's like, but I don't think I'm going to be paying whatever 15, 20 bucks right. regularly just to have the premium experience. But hey, I'm all about seeing movies in theaters, so if it gets more people out, then I'm all for it. So when Will Meyer goes to the theater, mm-hmm. are you a popcorn drink kind of guy, candy kind of guy? Do you get anything at the concession stand? I get a drink usually. Okay. I'm um, talking small, which is half a gallon. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small. Or I, well, I, this is a confession, um, I sneak my own drink in. Oh, dang. Oh. But I'm trying not to because then you have to go to the bathroom, and so that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the downside. Uh, but popcorn usually no, just because I'm, I take a notepad in and I, I write too, and yeah. so it <laughs> gets a little dicey with the popcorn <laughs> and the and the notepad. So, so how has this year been going as a movie critic? Looking back, like uh, what's the what's the best movie you've seen? Best movie I've seen. Ah, uh, um, or you can just name like. Yeah, there's a few. There's, a few. Um, there's a few one movie that I actually saw called Western um, that played. Through the public cinema, which uh, Paul Harrell and Darren Hughes uh, put on, and it's uh, it was fantastic. It's a uh, it's a German film, but there's also been a few that I've really enjoyed. Stateside, uh, you were never really here. I liked a lot. Gosh, I made a list of these the other day, and now I'm just just blanking. Um, mainstream ones that were kind of surprises. I don't know if any of these would be on my top ten at the end of the year. We'll mm-hmm. see how it goes, but. I was talking yesterday. I thought that uh, Unsane, Steven Soderbergh's Unsane, was a pleasant surprise. Game Night was much funnier than I thought it would be. Oh, that's what um, I'm Oh, oh I'm Paddington 2 is really that's, unbelievably says it's good. A what? Yeah, I uh, I was thrilled, amused. I teared up while watching oh, it. It's extraordinary. Got to take the wife to that. That one will absolutely tree. be in my top ten of the year. Okay. I loved it. Loved awesome. it. I have to check that one out. I even it's on Amazon, and yeah. for some weird reason, you know most. Blu-rays Is now. Is it on or, Amazon already? Yeah, it's it's out actually, and uh, most of them, you know, you'll pay between ten and twenty bucks for a movie. It's like thirty-two dollars or something, but I bought it anyway because I just can't wait to see it again. <laughs> Even though I'm gonna get a screener from the studio in yeah. like three months, I just can't wait that long. So, I guess kind of in the same vein. So, uh, what's your um, what's your experience? I think you attend pretty much every Knoxville like film festival mm-hmm. related thing. What's your experience been attending those? It's been really interesting because they're kind of all over the map in a sense. Um, you know, it's uh, I have respect for for all of these festivals, but um, you know, the Knoxville Festival it, it seems to be very focused on a lot of local and regional films, and th- that has its uh, has its benefits for sure. I've definitely seen a lot of talent out of there, but I've kind of been struck too by a lot of the other ones that have popped up, like the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. Um, I, I was a judge at Knoxville Film Festival and at the Horror Film Festival. And uh, the stuff that they get uh, is, is really good. I've seen a lot of films that I never would have seen um, through that. And uh, I guess I'm really impressed, too, by uh, Big Ears, which is put on by AC Entertainment. And they have um, the, the film portion of, uh, of that festival. And it was it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, it's one of the like the music portion, I think it's one of the most diverse and interesting film festivals in the country. I mean, it is just... Didn't they have, uh, probably a year before last, they had, uh, they showed like almost all of Jonathan Demme's films, right? Yeah, last year. Before he passed away. Right before he passed away, he was supposed to show up, and so I did my homework and watched all of Demme's films before that and was supposed to get to, you know, talk with him, and then, um, you know, was really bummed to hear that he, you know, wasn't able to make it and then less than two weeks later he passed away but oh. but yeah that was really incredible too because they were able to get prints um there's this uh, of movies that really aren't shown anywhere there's a film that demi made right after silence of the lambs called cousin bobby and it's about uh his cousin who's uh this pastor 
um, in New York and Harlem, and uh, he, you know, was uh, this just really old guy, but he was an activist, and it was fascinating, and I think there's only a couple of VHS copies in the country, and they were able to get wow, a print of that, dang. and so, yeah, and this year they, uh, they showed Richard Linklater's first film, which is called It's Impossible to Plow, It's Impossible to Learn to Plow by Reading Books, and so that Good, one is not available. Really yeah. Rolls off the tongue. And so, yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I love that festival, and it's really you know, show me a lot of things. That I, I almost never... went, uh, I think I was too busy. I almost went just to see Rachel getting married on the big screen. Cause I love that film. So Rachel much. getting married is great. Yeah. <laughs> you went on. I thought that. you were going to say that you were almost going to go this year to, to see Jackass 3d because that's All one right. thing I was talking about, <laughs> which actually was a joyous experience. Yeah. I haven't heard people laugh that hard in, uh, theater in a long time. Um, so you are, oh, let me ask you first, what would you, so is there anything you would like to see happen with Knoxville and its film scene going forward? Is there anything that you feel like that Knoxville could kind of shoot for or? Um, with the film scene, you know, I, uh, I guess selfishly, I hope that that the city especially, you know, the city funds like the Knoxville Film Festival. Um, and then on the side of that too, that AC Entertainment, I, I hope that these companies pour money into these festivals because I think it does a lot to cultivate interest in film in the community. And I, I think that we, as film fans, really, really appreciate it. I mean, you won't see a more lively audience than an audience at a film festival. And so, you know, do things more like funding to get people like Jonathan Demi here or, um, you know, with the Knoxville Festival. I know that, you know, Keith has gotten uh, some, some really great people here before, too. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, that's, you know, selfish, but I think it actually does a lot for the community and I think it's good publicity and, uh, you know, puts us on the map that, uh, you know, that people really are interested in these things. So. So you know, let's see which uh, which awards do you now vote in? Is it Critics Choice? Critics Choice Awards. Critics Choice. So I'm, you probably for most of your life have paid attention to the movie awards season. Yes. Watch the Oscars every year. What's your opinion on how the movie awards season has evolved and how the Oscar ceremony itself? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, it seems for about as long as I can remember, it's it's sort of been. The same way in that when a movie starts winning awards at an early festival, you know, whether it's the Independent Spirit Awards or the Critics' Choice Awards, which are really early, it's sort of this effect where then they start to win everything. And it's not always, I don't think it's always people thinking, oh, this is the best movie. It's that, oh, this is supposed to win, so we should vote for this movie. And I kind of saw that, too, with Critics' Choice Awards. Um, you know, I don't want to call, any, call anybody out, any of my fellow members, but <laughs> it was, uh, and I don't even know any specifically that would that I could call out, but they, yeah, it just seemed, uh, it was really great, the ballot, because you could just put in all these choices. It's just a blank slate. And so, you know, a performance I loved last year uh, was, uh, you know, John Cho and Columbus, and, you know, really a chance to, to recognize smaller films. And then, I don't know, in message boards and stuff, you see people say, oh, well, you know, this is this is what we should vote for. And it always just kind of seemed to be like the things that the prognosticators were saying should win. You know, it's mm -hmm. like one kind of feeding the other. And so, uh, I mean, that's a little disappointing. But ultimately, I guess you have to just take an optimistic viewpoint and that, like, you know, movies like Moonlight last year mm -hmm. winning Best Picture, I mean, after that happened, uh, its box office increased Incredibly, oh, that was so it, one of the most incredible so live television moments I've ever seen. It's still oh, I was talking about the movie. That just, was I but yeah, cringe. the, the movie is incredible. <laughs> the movie's it's great. A great yeah. movie. Oh yeah, the the Oscar win is just oh. 
extraordinary. That's hilarious. I no, thought... really, you won. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'm still baffled by that. I've watched I, it so many times. And uh, a month or two back. ago, I went back and just rewatched like that whole thing. Just yeah. as it, gosh, and when they stand up in the crowd, oh my gosh, we had, you know I had people over and we were hardcore rooting for Moonlight, for sure. mm-hmm. and then we expected La La Land to win. And then we were like, oh, we were like, oh, that's whatever, of course, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it's, it happened. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. But um, what did you think of this year's Oscars telecast? I thought it was incredibly boring. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's I think it's tough, too. I think that, you know, Kimmel kind of had an impossible job, too, because, I mean, if you, with the Me Too movement and everything, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to address that. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I mean, if you don't, then it's. Uh, I mean, it's the right thing to do for sure. And then trying to make it uh, a light, entertaining evening that's mm-hmm. that's you know humorous and enjoyable. I mean, I think that's that's very difficult to do. And also, Oscars, uh, famously, the Oscar audience isn't great because they're all incredibly tense. And you know, Golden Globes is the one that you go to and you get drunk and you have a good time. Right. No one's really playing around at the Oscars. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of boring too. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I thought it, I thought it was okay. Do you think the Academy is doing better at handling, you know, diversity in the awards and the voters? Yeah, I think, you know, in response to, what, a couple of years ago and uh, Oscar so, so white. white. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely changed up the demographics somewhat, um, you know, allowed a lot of new members um, who were minorities. And uh, and so I think that that's, that's definitely a good move. But I, I agree with George Clooney. I think a lot of the... The issue isn't so much that I think it's you know giving roles to these people or you know fun you know there's a lot of people making interesting films too and, and supporting those and you know having people you know picking studios picking up films that that have minorities in them and I think that's where you're going to get more interesting stuff because even that year um, when it was Oscar so white there were very few movies that reasonably you could have nominated I feel like I remember Straight Out of Compton but mm-hmm. there were a few others but uh, Idris Elba and uh, Oh, Beasts of, what's that movie called? Beasts of No Nation. But um, but yeah, I remember thinking like, well, there's just not that much that's out there. And I think that's not that, you know, non-white people aren't making films. It's just that, uh, you know, those films need to be supported. So Uh, I will say I, I think the local news distorion, maybe the only Academy voter in Knoxville, I won't name the person, but I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if that person should be voting. (laughs) (laughs) Still a lot of older, white, straight male people voting. So, uh, which explains three billboards. Sorry, three billboards outside of Missouri winning Best Picture. I haven't even forgotten that had one. I haven't seen that movie. (laughs) I saw it. I thought it was. I liked it actually, but it's just. What's funny to me too is that that's the most politically incorrect movie out of any nominated. Yeah. And I was shocked to see that yeah, that started I was, winning. I was uncomfortable watching that movie a lot of the time. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I like the film overall. I like Martin McDonough, but I was just baffled that that was the film that started winning everything. Except no, it didn't end up winning. I'm sorry. The shape of water ended up winning best picture, right, but, but it won essentially at every other yeah. award yeah, ceremony. Trey, what was that joke you had when we were in Arizona? Oh, uh, you got married in Arizona mm-hmm. and then we, Afterwards, we stopped in front of, like, uh, it's beautiful. We're in the desert. It's beautiful, yep. and there's these mountains. And we stopped to take pictures, and there was six of us. So we were taking pictures in pairs. And I said, three weddings outside Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> beautiful. Um, joke of the year. Joke of the year. Still riding that one <laughs> yeah. out today. 
so, Will, uh, I believe Trey's mentioned this story to me in the past. I want to hear about your story of meeting Quentin Tarantino <laughs> in Knoxville. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Um, yeah, I've I've had the uh, the opportunity. This this is there's no way to say, say this without sounding arrogant, but it, it gives context. So I've I've had the opportunity through my family's business that they run. Some celebrities have come through there, mm-hmm. and and I've never really been somebody that's that starstruck, I guess. Um, but yeah, being a, a film nerd, I love Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> and uh, I remember walking into my apartment. This is 2010 or 2011. I'm not sure. Um, and my roommate says, um, hey, I just heard that Quentin Tarantino is at the Marriott. Or he said he's at a hotel downtown. And I said, what hotel? And he said the Marriott. And I immediately <laughs> oh, just walked no. out the door. I, I think I had a date that night, too, or something. I just <laughs> ditched whatever I was supposed to do. So I, uh, I drove over to the Marriott, just like a total stalker, um, and then walked in the lobby. I think I had talked to my roommate while I was on the way in the car and asked what he was uh, where. Tarantino was, and apparently he was at the bar getting a drink. How did he know this? How did your roommate know this? Uh, because he, he this? had a friend that worked at the Marriott. Man, you so. had a network spread out for this. Yeah. You were ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I walked I walked into the bar, and he wasn't there. And so I just kind of stood there for about 20, 30 seconds, and I was just like, well, damn. I just sat stood there turning around. I was like, well, I guess I better go home. And about <laughs> what, that time... What was your game plan, though, if he was at the bar? See, I didn't have one. Yeah. I you think I was going to walk up and sit well, next to him? Probably something like what I actually ended up saying oh, to him, no. <laughs> which uh, he just walks out of the elevator, uh, and I think he just sees me all just starry-eyed, just staring at him like he's Quentin Tarantino, and uh, and I think I just said something like, uh, just stuck up my hand and said, Mr. Tarantino, I'm such a huge fan, and uh, he said, oh, thank you, what's your name, mate? He kept saying mate, <laughs> but he stuck out his hand, and uh, he was... Yeah. That's so Tarantino. Oh, he said mate. He was very... Very energetic, as you might imagine, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just thanked me, and I didn't say really anything of substance. I just told yeah. him how wonderful he was. And then he walks outside, and yeah, this is even more embarrassing. So <laughs> I sort of get see that he's looking for directions. Yeah. And, so, um, and so I walk out there, and he's looking around, and I said, Mr. Tarantino, may I please give you directions? Mr. Tarantino. I said, may please give you directions? And so he was trying to go to downtown Grill and Brewery. Okay, yeah. So I told him how to get there. And then I had heard rumors at the time, and there's still rumors of this, that he may make Kill Bill 3, which doesn't make any sense to me because that story seemed like it was over. Yeah, but for sure. um, I said, um, what are you doing in town? And he said, oh, I'm uh, you know, scouting for a movie. And I said, oh, are you still making Kill Bill 3? And he's like, oh, I don't know, but this one's called Django Unchained. And so, oh, okay. yeah. And that was about it. He was walking. He didn't. He didn't. I mean, he was very nice. Thanked me again. Called me mate a couple more times. Um, and just kept walking though. I didn't want to bug him anymore. So I, uh, I, I talked I to. He called you mate. Yeah, yeah. I love that. He, I talked wow. to Jacob, my my roommate, and he had told me that um, our friend that worked at the hotel. Um, tried to get a picture with him, and that Tarantino didn't want that. He doesn't like taking pictures, and so I wish well, that I had... like him, I probably... Yeah. Yeah. Dang, that's a low strike <laughs> I, against a brilliant I wasn't going to say that, but... Um, <laughs> I wish that I had had the foresight to bring uh, at least a piece of paper and a pen or something for yeah. him to sign. But anyway, I, I mean, I'm glad, actually, that I have autographs of celebrities. I think having a, an interaction is better anyway, so I'm glad that I got to meet him. It's always weird meeting, like, being around... Even semi famous, like you meet like an artist you like, mm-hmm. like a musical artist. Like, what do you at say? A show. It's so weird. Yeah. What do you yeah. Say? Like I, I think 
you weren't there, but we were. We saw I saw Phoenix a few years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, you told me about we this. had to go in before the show and watch the sound check. Yeah, and there yeah. was like twenty you. people, and then they were like, and everyone. Was, it was really nice because everyone was really polite, mm-hmm. like the fans that were in there. And then after it was over, like the security guard was like, "Okay, guys," and we we're all like, we "We're like, okay, well that was cool." And we leave. We're all walking out, and then their manager like runs out and is like, "No, no, no! The guys are coming out." And then they all just kind of slowly come, kind of come out, and they're like these very polite French guys. Yeah. And I like I talked to Thomas, the lead singer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just like, what do you? Say? I was like, yeah. I love your wife's films. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I uh, most of my interactions, yeah, have been pretty boring. But yeah, I remember I met Michael Shannon after a play, and this was pretty funny. So I said the same thing. I just after Take Shelter, and I said. I uh, love Take Shelter, and I said thank you, and he said, oh, thank Jeff Nichols or something like that, but then this, uh, his security guard handed him a Pokemon card because a kid who was, I want to give context, the kid was really far away. He wasn't within earshot, or you know, he, he wouldn't have said this in front of him, I don't think, but he handed that to Michael Shane for him to sign. He said, what the fuck is this shit? I'm not signing this. So <laughs> then he just, I can totally hear yeah. him saying that. <laughs> Except the end of, he signed it anyway. Grant, do nice. you remember when we met? I'm sorry for uh, cursing, by the way. It's that... Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Okay. You should have heard it's our like last PG episode. It's like PG to R. Okay. I'm, I actually might beep out Grant because he cussed so much during our last interview. Did I really? <laughs> Who did I interview? Malcolm came on and you were just like every other word. He's my brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, do you I was remember, quoting the great Michael Shannon, too. I would never right, normally right, curse. Right. So. Do you remember um, when we met the uh, great basketball coach in downtown Atlanta? What? Tom this Izzo? Was, Tom Izzo. <laughs> and this was great. So, actually. like, we... It's so weird because we would go down to Atlanta for my birthday, which is like the second week of April. Mm-hmm. And every time we'd go down there, it'd be some crazy event. Like we went once and it was like the Southern Conference of like the Pride Festival or something. It was like a giant, all the hotels were booked up. And then the next year we go down there and it's the, it the final, final four. four. And they had, in so, Atlanta. so Tom Izzo was on. He's on ESPN. ESPN was yeah. there. So like they had Dick Vitale and Tom Izzo. Oh, and some, sorry. Yeah. Oh, and we don't care yeah. at all. But we're like, you know what's funny? We should try to get a picture with one of them. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so we're like waiting by the so gate. So Tom Izzo's coming out, and he's like five foot tall. And <laughs> I somehow, he's like taking pictures with like kids. Yeah. And like everyone's being really polite. And I somehow get. What did you say? You said something I said, so embarrassing. I said, you're a great coach. That's what he like. said. <laughs> As he was walking away, and he's like, thanks. Oh, he's like, thank yeah. you. And I took a picture. You took the picture. <laughs> I took the picture. It's a terrible picture. Oh, God. <laughs> so I said that, I've said something like that earnestly before, too. Oh, it's just embarrassing. Like, I didn't care I did anything that, yeah. about Tom. I did that to Al Pacino after the, after a play. I said, I did, you did, I said, Said you did such a great job, like <laughs> like he was a kid at a soccer so game. Weird. Yeah, and I feel like, he was so nice. He said, "He said thank you, friend." <laughs> I feel like they know it's weird too. Yeah, surely. If you got to think of how many times that happens to them. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, well, I wanted to ask you. So, what do you? What are your feelings on as someone who goes to movies a lot? What are your feelings on the current like theater business model? Do you think it can sustain itself? What do you think uh, the future is for? Um, the theater business, um, just in general, like how do you think about like the way films are projected now? You know, I, I wrestle with that. Um, I'm reading a book all about the the demise of of uh, a film of anything really not a, a blockbuster. It's called the the big picture, and uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard not to have a pessimistic a pessimistic viewpoint about the future of of movies, especially theatrical distribution, just because. Uh, the amount of movies made each year shrinking drastically. I mean, uh, studios produce, I think, half the number of films they did oh, wow, 15 that. years ago. Oh, yeah, it's it's crazy. And so 
um, and a lot of studios going down and being bought by by other company by other bigger studios, and so you have just a few big ones, you know, Disney, Marvel, like that now that are just controlling everything, and so um, I don't know. I mean, I could I could talk for hours about this, but uh, I mean, a good thing is that you know you're having a lot of good films on uh, on streaming platforms. You know, Netflix has just a bottomless cash pit, and they can can buy up some of these movies. Same with Amazon Prime. I think Amazon is actually has the best model right now because their films, a lot of them are shown in theaters. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Hereditary, which comes out this weekend, I think is, right. is and one. They, like last year, they had The Big Sick. Uh, oh, so good. Yeah, yeah The Big Sick. Yeah, it's a great one too. Um, I'm sorry, Suspiria. That's the one I think that is Amazon. Uh, Tom York did the score. Yeah, Tom York did the score. <laughs> I watched so the trailer today. That's yeah, that's one that's that's coming out. So I like that they're able to do a theatrical distribution and, and streaming as well. But I mean, it's uh, I imagine that most art house films, especially, are gonna end up on just on streaming platforms. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, but uh, yeah, I hope that's not the case. Um, I mean, it's it's weird. You ha you see signs a couple years ago when attendance was down during the summer that people were having superhero fatigue and sequel fatigue sure. and and it seems like things are swinging the other way, but then, I don't know, these Marvel movies keep breaking records, so. Although I do, um, I can't reveal too much, but I do know that the art theater in Knoxville is one of the most profitable theaters in East Tennessee. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think they had a, a record year yeah. recently, right? Um, yeah. So. A lot of the movie theaters don't, like, hardly turn a profit or don't make a profit, yeah. and that one does, easily. Well, that's, yeah, that's great then. Um, I know that some of the other ones, it's it's not always the case. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that, that that it stays that way and that we'll still have outlets to see a lot of different films. I know it's sad that, you know, you mentioned projection, that now it's, you know, everything is, is digital projection. And so I think that that's definitely taken something away from the experience, especially in Knoxville. I know in other theaters, uh, you know, Nashville at the Belcourt, I know they have, um, a digital projector, but also they have, you know, 35 millimeter film too. So uh, I wish that we still had that, but I guess, you know, count your blessings that we have a variety of films at all right now. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not as fatalistic enough or maybe as, uh, maybe I'm naive, but uh, I mean, I think that there's an outlet for, you know, art house films and all kinds of different movies for people to see them. I think that people still want that. And so, I mean, as you said, I mean, if that thriving at the art house theater in Knoxville, so, um, I hope it stays that way for the foreseeable future. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe there is, you know, in this day and age, there's um, there's more outlets so that, you know, everyone's on the internet. There's yeah. more, like, uh, there's a niche, you know, niche of people that like certain things. And, you know, it's not like it was 20 years ago. So maybe, so I think maybe the real, that's... I think the death, the, the thing that's that we've definitely seen is the death of, of mid-budget films, though. Yeah, because, that's you know, for sure. Yeah. Any, it's either a you know, $200 million movie or a $10 million movie. And so it's interesting, you know, except for horror films and like Seth Rogen comedies, that seems to be about it. But yeah, I'm torn between, you know, I get really frustrated when I feel like young people will only spend, most of them will only spend money to go see a movie. It's like, if it's like a big event, like yeah. a Marvel movie. But then also at the same time, it's like how many young people in the, this day and age have extra income to spend. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, that's the thing. Talk about movie pass, which is... I was just know, about to ask, how does that play into this? Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, it's a godsend for so many people I know right. because you pay... Uh, it's a subscription crazy. service. You pay, I think, 10 bucks a month and you can mm -hmm. see a movie a day 
you know, that month. And so it's, it's great. I mean, I, uh, you know, I get paid a salary from WBIR and, uh, and I used, and I, and I take out, you know, I pay for my own movie tickets, so I take it out of whatever I'm paid. Mm -hmm. And it used to be that, you know, a big chunk of that was going to, was paying for the movies. And now it's, you know, 10 bucks a month. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, I know so many people who are seeing other movies too now that they have movie pass that they might not have gotten out of the house to see. Yeah. If you, if you go, uh, I mean, even at the art theater, if you go, it seems like every other person has a movie. Yeah, yeah I, was I was just about to ask. You're seeing, I feel like you are seeing more young people go to the movies because of it, which is a it's, good thing. And it's a good thing, too. I found for, like, a communal experience, you know, I text friends sometimes when I go see things. I'm like, hey, do you want to go see this movie with me? I have to review it this weekend, so I'm watching it tonight. And half the time, they're like, ah, I don't know if I want to go to that. But the ones that have movie pass are like, yeah, what do I have sure, to lose? Well, and so It's like they're not spending money. Yeah. So and how does I, it work? Is it, like, all movies are applicable with the pass? Is there some that are like, no pass, they don't accept it? or No 3D, no IMAX, oh, yeah. uh, and you can't see them twice. So. Right, you can only see the movie once. Yeah, I think I, I actually got one and somehow seen less movies. Really? Jeez, I'm about to buy this. I, <laughs> oh, it's it's worth it. Yeah. I see a movie like it might not. Weekend. I feel like it might not last forever. Yeah, so. for sure. We'll well, that's the crazy thing is they're all over the map. Originally, it was like 50, 60 bucks a month. Then they dropped it down to five for a short amount of time now it's back up to ten they do these promotions that are weird and then they recently they were saying that they were going to limit it to only a certain amount of movies per month and then they went back on that it's you never know with them and And so there's a lot of people who seem like out to prove that movie pass is not going to work but it's so far well it's 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 weird they're actually they're losing a lot of money but they i mean they ted sarandos or not no not ted sarandos the guy that used to run netflix um, is there now, and he has this business model where he says we're going to be profitable in X amount of years, and so they're confident in that. Hmm. So I think theaters don't like it, especially Carmike, I think. I think uh, I, their fear, I think, or is AMC, that... AMC, you know? Yeah. What? AMC. Yeah. AMC, yeah. That they... Uh, they, re- they, like, wouldn't allow it, and then they do Yeah, allow they've allowed it. it. Well, it's it's money in their pocket. Cause right, because they get paid for the, the same ticket. amount, yeah. Yeah. So it's, wait, so they still get paid. So you show up, yeah. And movie they still pass get, pays. And I the do get though, price. like if Movie Pass goes away, people are getting see a people are, sales for sure. Well, people are used to seeing movies, mm-hmm. you know, seeing if they want to 15, 20, 30 movies a month for ten bucks. If that goes away and you're then forced to pay ten bucks per movie, no, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's you're not yeah, going to want to go. go. I read that <laughs> maybe like the theaters themselves will come up with like a model for their. I've heard that too. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's all I got. Grant, do you have anything else for no, Mr. Meyer? Awesome. Uh, do you have any? Did we miss on anything? No, I don't think so. About? We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, this thanks for enjoyable. having me. Thanks for coming up and joining uh, us at the tip top of the Sunsphere here, Will. This yeah, is, I appreciate it. A lovely view. <laughs> uh, this has been Knoxon on Knoxville's Door. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Knoxon on Knoxville's Door. If you guys have any ideas, questions, comments, or concern, or maybe even potential topics, please shoot us an email at tipofthesunsphere at gmail.com. That's T-I-P-O-F-T-H-E-S-U-N-S-P-H-E-R-E at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Grant D. Howard. And I'm at Trey Elm Townsend. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast app to uh, get all the new updates for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Grant.
No, seriously, thank you. No, Trey. Thank you. And thank everyone at home. And thanks to you, Grant. Thank, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.